0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, let's continue today in our series, At the Movies, Uh, What we've been doing is we've been taking a movie that's currently at theaters each week and pulling some ideas, some themes, some principles out of that, and seeing how that reflects on how God sees us or how we how we can work those things in our life. How many have watched a movie before and you just kind of identify with what was going on, like it just it, it just pulled it tugged on your soul. I think art has that that way about it that art tugs on our soul and for each of us in different ways. But but it's a way for us to kind of see ourselves. Or to see things that we've gone through, or maybe see things that others have gone through we weren't aware of, and so it awakens to those things, and maybe we have sympathy and empathy for others because of what they've gone through. Or we see maybe somebody who went through adversity similar to ours, but they came through, and so it encourages us. So there's something about film. There's something about this art form that draws on our emotions. So we thought, what better way to do that than this series at the movies? Now, yesterday, uh, we went as a group. There was about 30, 40 of us at NCG, and we saw Incredibles 2. So a very deep movie, really moving. Yeah. I will say this. I laughed my butt off. It was awesome. There was a few dramatic... Points where I actually teared up a little bit. I, I, I'm okay with crying a little bit, but there were just some great things, some good elements. It was an awesome movie, but I laughed so hard. How many know that laughter doeth good like a medicine? You see how I threw the King James in there? It doeth good. It means it's really good. If it does good, it's okay. If it doeth good, it's really good. And so there's something about laughter, you know. So sometimes, you know, maybe we need to watch a movie just to laugh a little bit because maybe it's been a tough week. Maybe things have been rough and tough. And they haven't gone the way or the direction that we thought they should. And so we have to come to a point where we say, okay, I just need to shut everything down and laugh right now. And that's what's great about movies. So we saw the Incredibles. And so the title of today's message is Incredibles 2, You Have Incredible Gifts. Say that with me. You have incredible gifts. Say it again. You have incredible gifts. Now here's the thing. I got a little subtitle. But do you see them? What I noticed is when we said, you have incredible gifts, it wasn't like, yeah, we have incredible gifts. It was like, you have incredible gifts. But see, a lot of times we don't see them. And so I want to talk about that today because we all have giftings. We all have talents. We all have special gifts or abilities that God has given us. But I think a lot of times it's hard for us to see that. Now, it's easier to see someone else's gift or ability, right? I mean, this morning, you could see the the people playing in the worship team or singing or someone serving in a department or even me speaking over here, you're like, wow, they really have special abilities and gifts. But what about me? You have incredible gifts, but do you see them? 1 Peter 4, chapter 10. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to this idea of our giftings. Uh, Peter says this, God has given each of you some special abilities, Now, I love this version. It's a living Bible. It says you have special abilities. How many know that these superhero movies are like the big thing right now? I mean, every other movie is a superhero movie, even Incredibles 2. It's animated, it's all that, but it has to do with special abilities. Some versions say gifts or giftings. And so it's saying here that every one of us, each one of you, has a special ability. You have a special gift. But look what it goes on to say. Be sure to use them to what? What's it say? To help each other. Now, I was reading this this morning, and I've read this verse I don't know how many times. I mean, I've been going to Faith City Church since I was eight, because my dad was the original pastor. And so I've gone for years. I left for a little bit, and I'm going to get into that story today For, for some of you who maybe never heard my testimony. I just felt like today was the day to talk about some things there. But Whenever I read this verse, I I think, okay, cool, we all have special abilities, but I never picked up on this. It says, be sure to use them to help each other. Now, I've taught classes on on your ministry gifts and the things that you have in your heart and it's for others, but sometimes, have you ever thought, well, my gifts are for God? My gifts are just for God. Now, these gifts are God-given, but do you see what he's saying? He gives you those gifts for others. That's how the kingdom flows. Jesus even said this. He says, "I have come not to be served, but to serve others." God, on display through Jesus, was saying, "Look it, I'm not looking for your service. I want to serve you." And so what do we do as sons and daughters of God? We serve others. Now, I'm not saying that we don't go, "Wow, God, I'm so thankful for this gift and this ability. This is amazing. Uh, I'm so happy that I have this I'm so full of joy I'm thankful I have a spirit of gratitude because of these giftings you've given me but sometimes I think we go, I have this gift I gotta give it back to God well let me ask you a question if someone gives you a gift let me put it this way if you give someone a gift how do you feel if they give it back All right. what's worse is when you found out they re-gifted <laughs> you're like wow how's that working out Oh, um, I gave it to someone else. Oh, I'm not offended. Hallelujah. God's not looking for you to give the gift back to him. He wants you to give the gift to others. And so I read that this morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, so my gifts, we all have special gifts and abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. But the other thing is when we read scriptures like this, have you ever read a scripture like this and thought, are you talking to me? Like, like, I see it written here, but are you talking to me? Because sometimes we walk through life saying, well, they have a gift, but I don't. And I think sometimes we don't truly understand what these giftings or special abilities are. So we can so easily disqualify ourselves from the gifts we've been given. We think things like, I don't measure up. Have you ever thought that before? I just don't measure up. I don't have what it takes. And here's the worst thing we can do. Compare ourselves to others. Man, I struggled with this for years. Compare myself with that. Look at their giftings. Even when I had to step into this this pastorate and, and be the pastor of this church, I would struggle with not being like my father until I had a lot of wisdom spoken in my life through a lot of mentors who said, you're not supposed to be your dad. You're supposed to be you. So maybe instead of us looking at the giftings and the abilities we have as less than because they don't look like someone else's, we go, wow, but that's okay because this is who I am and this is who God has built me to be. And so we all have special abilities, we all have special giftings, but what is that first of all, and maybe it's, it's that question of um, do I really see them in my life because all I see is the bad stuff that I do, all I see is the issues that I struggle with in my life, but again... It's telling us all of us have special abilities, so what are those? So I want to talk about this today, because if you think that maybe you don't have it going on, maybe you don't have a gifting, maybe you don't have a special ability, nothing could be further from the truth. We all have special abilities or gifts given to us by God, and this is amazing, but oftentimes our best gifts and strengths only show themselves when needed. So I think sometimes maybe we need to insert ourselves more into this thing called life, into this journey, and allow the Heavenly Father to work through us to start to display those giftings and those callings and those special abilities he's already put inside of us. And guess what? It's a gift. Say hallelujah. So Incredibles 2, you have incredible gifts. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning that we can look into the scriptures, We can see Jesus, the word of God. We can see the Christ in us, the hope of glory. I pray that as we go through this process this morning, that we would start to see glimpses of who you truly made us to be, that we do have special abilities. We do have callings. We do have giftings. And we don't have to wear a superhero suit to prove it. We can be who you've called us to be in all our essence in Christ. And so we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, And everyone said, amen, amen. So the movie was hilarious. Now, has anyone here ever seen The Incredibles, the first one? How many have seen the second? Well, basically, it's this animated series, and you've got this family. They call them The Incredibles. They all have powers. And so the main father, his name's Bob, they call him Mr. Incredible, and he marries his wife, who, before they were married, they both were superheroes, it was Elastigirl. It's interesting, in this story, you have Mr. Incredible, who is extremely strong. I mean, this guy can just bust through anything, he can lift anything, he can do just about anything, and so he has these powers. Now, in the first movie, now, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, but in the first movie, you know, he displays his power. Now, often, when he displays his power, or he does his super. Uh, Abilities, superhero abilities, he usually, on the process, jacks everything up, destroys buildings, just messes everything up, causes millions of dollars of damage. Well, in the second movie, this is interesting, the spotlight is taken by his wife, Elastigirl. And so the spotlight shifts. And so Bob, Mr. Incredible, has to shift his thinking on what super abilities or special abilities he has. And so, as you're watching the movie, it's interesting because he knew what his super strength was. He knew how he had helped the world. He still possesses those gifts, but then this demand is placed on him to tap into this new set of strengths. He's he's called on to see himself useful in a different setting that even he doesn't know how the gifts can be used. And he finds this in being a good dad. Now, this is what really touched me out of the whole movie. Here's Mr. Incredible. And he's got all these powers and all these super strengths, but all of a sudden, his wife goes on the road and she has to fight crime and and evil. And he's at home with the kids, and at first, he is a wreck. I mean, he, can, he barely knows what to do. I mean, he's got that, you know, the, the bags under the eyes and the 5 o'clock shadow, and he's really struggling with this whole thing. But all of a sudden, he, one, one, one night you know, as he's going through this issue with his teenage daughter and he's going through this issue with his you know, adolescent son and his baby, all of a sudden it clicks. All I want to do is be a good dad. He was gone so much that he he didn't know how to do that. And so all of a sudden, he's helping with the homework, trying to figure out this new math, they call it. He goes, why did they change math? It was fine the way it was, right? And so, you know, these funny moments that even us as parents, we can identify with and raising a baby and uh, a teenage girl who, you know, the boy didn't show up for the date. And so she's going through struggles and all these things are happening. At one point in the movie, he just says, all I want to be is a good dad. I thought, wow, with all these super strengths and these abilities, he was learning this newfound gifting he had of being a father. See, I think sometimes gifts are overlooked because they don't look super or incredible to us. So we see people in the pulpit at church or, you know, maybe doing some great business or ministry or being those perfect parents. You ever want on Facebook? Uh, no one really puts their bad. Well, some people put their bad days. Yeah, you're like, yeah, my sister, my brother. I get it. But most people, it's a highlight reel of all the great stuff they've done in life. Look at our life is perfect. Look at all the vacations. Look at all the stuff we've done. So it's a highlight reel. And we don't see the real life of what really goes on in their life because it's just a highlight reel. And I'm not saying we have to just post all our trash. If you have great stuff happening, thank the Lord for it. Post it. Enjoy it. That's great. Sometimes we're just looking at the highlight reel of people's lives. And so we get wrapped up going, man, I wish my life or my gifting or, or my place in society would be there. And we forget about the, the things in our life, the giftings and callings we have, because they don't look super. They don't look incredible. See, our gifts may not look like gifts or they might not look like a big deal until we're placed in a position where they can shine. And so sometimes we need, to, we need to, like I said, insert ourselves back into this game of life, into the journey. Stop staying on the sidelines and go, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be like her. I wish I could have that position or that job or that life and say, I have the life I have and God has given me special abilities and gifts. So step back into the game and say, Lord, I'm going to insert my, my life in here, and I'm counting on you to work through me with those gifts and abilities you've given me to help others. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, parenting is very special. I think, again, if, if we have to be put into these situations to see those, those abilities and those giftings shine, and, and then they become, I guess we could say, heroic Sometimes our gifts and our special abilities don't seem so special. Think about it, moms and dads. Sometimes we see our parenting as just something that we do, not as a gift. But have you ever looked at parenting as a gift? You are a gift to your child. They're counting on you. What you bring to your children is nothing short of incredible. I mean, the life lessons, the nurturing, the things that we do. And so we have to see that as, this is a gift put on my life. I believe that God gives us grace for every season of life. And if you're in a season of parenting, guess what? He's giving you the grace. But guess what? You have to tap into it. You have to say, I receive it. I believe it. This is the grace. This is my calling in life. See, God will show you gifts that you didn't even know you had. That's what he did with Mr. Incredible. He thought it was all about saving the world and didn't realize that my family matters, my family comes first, and maybe it's simply sitting down with my son and doing his homework with him. Maybe it's simply talking my daughter, my teenage daughter, through this phase of life where how many of those teenage daughters have just, just a little bit of emotion? Anyone? Anyone? But that's okay. Emotions are good. Emotions are real right? They show us, you know, where our thinking is. And so we help them change their thinking areas. And so as parents, this is a special gift that we have because our children need interaction. They need playtime. They need conversation. So let's bring it to them. Just being there is a gift. There was one point in the movie where Edna Mode, the one who makes all their costumes and things, she says to Mr. Incredible, done properly, parenting is a heroic act. How many can give me an amen on that? Now, you say you might say, well, I don't have kids, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, guess what? Friendship and relationship are the same way. So why don't you be present in those relationships, be present in those friendships until maybe you do have kids. Uh, get involved in people's life. Be the change for them. Be the person who encourages them and talks them through life. Maybe your gift is, is ears that hear. You ever been in a conversation with someone and it's like, you can see them like they're chomping at the bit to just interject as soon as they can some words. Have you ever, I mean, I've been there. Like you're talking to someone and, and they're, they're kind of listening, but you can see in their eyes, they're like, is he almost done? Because I've got to say something. And you want to go, hey, are you listening to me right now? Yeah. Do you know some people, have you ever been in the presence of a person who you're talking? You're like, oh my gosh, I am the only person in this room. And there's a hundred people here. Some people have a gift of listening. They really care. They really empathize. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you have the gift of just talking too much. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) That's me. Right, Bruce? But we all have giftings and we all have callings. We all have special abilities. And you know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my own life because when I grew up, I grew up in a broken home. My mom left when we were really young. wow. (laughs) just want to be real this morning. My mom left when we were really young, and so through that rejection, I took on some identities about myself. You know, praise God, my, my dad found Kathy... wonderful woman, a lot of wisdom, but even her and I had, you know, so many issues trying to blend, you know, blended families, it's tough. And so, you know, I had already had maybe this rejection in my life, and I was struggling with, you know, my own identity, and, and so it caused you to go certain ways and certain things, and so that's my story, you know, rejection into a mom who came in, was, was, you know, loved me the best she could and we were trying to figure out life and then I go on and I try to find my identity and you know maybe any woman that would pay me attention and that got me into a lot of trouble in my life and, and so as I'm going through this process, I was thinking about, you know, last week I, I, I was talking to a brother of mine, a friend of mine and he says, hey, I, I've got a men's conference coming up in the fall and so we were talking about he wants me to be the keynote speaker. And I thought, well, that'd be great, man. I'd love to do that for you. And so we've been trying to, we've been playing phone tag, and can we get together and do a meeting? We've been real busy. And I finally said, hey, do you have an iPhone? Do you have an iPad? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, we have FaceTime. Let's just do FaceTime. I and mean, you know, these days, people do like conference calls, and you can see each other. He's like, okay, let's do that. So before we had this conversation, though, he had asked me, he says, hey, um, they're, they're needing a bio. Can you give me your bio? And I'm thinking, my bio? Like, I've never written a bio about myself. And so, like, a week later, he says, hey, by the way, uh, can I get that bio from you? And I said, okay, man, I'll work on it in the next few nights. And I'm thinking, I don't even know where to start. Well, I mean, what do I say? Because usually somebody with a bio, they're somebody, right? Like, they got these great accolades and achievements and president of this, and they did that. And I'm like, uh, I don't even know where to start. Like, I painted for a while, and I play a guitar. And like, uh, I got some kids and stuff like, and so that's what I wrote. No. But you struggle like bio. And so we're having this conversation on FaceTime and I said, we, we, we wrap it up and it was, it was a great conversation. Like he started talking about where we want to go with this. And I said, well, you know, here's what I'm saying. I started talking about the And he's like, dude, we're totally changing the whole direction of this thing. This is all about sonship and and the love of the father. This is so cool. I'm like, I wasn't trying to change. He goes, no, this is good. That's where we're going. And he's like, man, that's so cool. By the way, don't mean to badger about this, but can I get that bio? And so here I am in this conversation with him. And I just, I I looked, you know, in FaceTime there. And I said, I just laughed out loud. And he goes, what? And I said, dude, what a, a bio, what do you mean? Like, I don't even know where to start. And this is what he told me. He says, everything we just talked about for the last 35 to 40 minutes. That's your bio. The things that you've gone through in life. You know, I grew up in the church for most of my life and I knew I was called to ministry in my teen years. I ran away from the church, not God. I was bitter at people. I was raised in a home where my parents did the best they could do. They taught me the, the lessons that, that they thought I should learn. You know, it was really this upbringing was a double-edged sword for me. Because although I learned a lot of really good principles and really good things about God and religion, it also created in me an anxiety to measure up. And I found myself falling short a lot. And so I thought, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. And so I left church and I pursued a a career in music and, you know, I've I've had the the privilege of touring all over the world and playing for so many different people and different countries and it's been beautiful and it was wonderful. But, you know, I kind of hid away. I I stayed away from church. I stayed away from ministry. I stayed away from, you know, my parents were pastors and so I held bitterness against people because of the way they would treat my mom and dad. I was like, the heck with that. I don't want that in my life. And so then I, you know, I, I finally came back to church and, and I, I started getting to a place where I allowed God to heal my heart and start to show me how he saw people who were hurting. And I realized that hurt people hurt people. And I told my dad, I said, I will not be a pastor. <laughs> Joke's on me, right? But I, I had to allow God, the Heavenly Father, to love me to love me so much that it changed who I was. It changed how I saw him, it changed how I saw myself. And so I've gone through this process of of getting through rejection and, and forgiving God and forgiving myself and forgiving others in this whole process, and so here I am today, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm in a completely different place, and so I realize that my bio is a journey. And so when people would say, hey, you, you, you could be a pastor. My thought was like, are you kidding me? I can barely walk this life out myself. That's why I left. I, I can't walk this out and I'm supposed to get up in front of people and tell them how to walk this out. You know what I love about this church? I can be real. I can be transparent. Even with the title pastor on my name or by my name. And say we're all on a journey together. And so what happens in this process is I started to realize, okay, maybe I do have a gift. Maybe I do have something to say. And it's not because I'm so great. It's because he's so great. And those gifts and those special abilities that I have and that you have are a gift. They've been given to you freely. I think sometimes we forget what a gift really is. And so we struggle. See, we all have gifts, abilities, and talents. And we also have this instinctive heart to help others with these God-given talents. You know, something last night that stuck out, I just love technology because I would hear something in the movie, I'd grab my phone and I'd get my notes at, it was already open and I'd put something in there. But last night, this line out of the movie, it says, use your gifts to benefit the world. I thought, man, that is kingdom talk right there. Use your gifts to benefit the world. See, when we start to see that our gifts are for the world, they're not for ourselves, they're not even for God. It's God giving them to us and working through us to bless the world, to bless creation, to bless his sons and daughters and introduce them to a life they never knew they had. And so instead of walking as orphans, see, I walked as an orphan. Even in the church, I felt like an orphan. But all of a sudden, on the other side of it, I see myself as a son. And we're here to introduce people to this father who calls you son and calls you daughter and says, I care about you, and I have a place in the kingdom just for you. And no place is higher than the other. Isn't that beautiful? That's what the kingdom is about. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, he says, God doesn't take back the gifts he has given or disown the people he has chosen. Now, this is a promise, folks. He never takes the gifts back. He doesn't take them back. And he never disowns the people he has chosen. Guess who he chose? All of us. All of us. I love this in the mirror translation. Now, you've got to understand the context of this. Paul is speaking to Gentiles saying, the Jews have rejected Christ at this point. And he's talking about this whole idea of, of some being cut off and grafted in. Now, that doesn't mean God has nothing to do with them. They have cut themselves off by refusing this new way of life. But he's talking to them and he says, now listen, in your estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel, but, say but, their father's love for them has not changed. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Your father's love for you has not changed. Doesn't matter how rogue you've gone. Doesn't matter if you think you've done it all right or you've done it all wrong. Your father's love for you has not changed. He goes on to say, He knows their original worth. God knows your original worth. Even when you feel worthless, God's like, uh uh, I created you, you have worth. For God's grace gifts and his persuasion of humanity's original identity are irrevocable. Come on, folks. Is that not the good news? The gifts that we have are irrevocable. They can't be changed. See, I think the problem with this sometimes is we think that God's gifts are given, and if you don't use them, you lose them. But the fact is, he never takes them back, and he never stops loving you the same as he did before. It never changes. But sometimes it's because we don't really see them as gifts. But gifts are given freely, right? I don't do anything to earn a gift, a gift is given freely. And so we see this here in Romans. Now, as we kind of round this down here, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about the voices in your head. And you're like, what? <laughs> How many know we have inner voices? I I mean, just stop for a moment and, and think about a situation where something was, you were confronted with an issue or an idea or you had to step out or do something. We all have an inner voice that speaks to us. True? True that? We all have these inner voices. And so we have these voices that speak to us inside our heads and it's these inner voices and usually it takes one of two stances. Now who we need to listen to is the voice of the Spirit. Because he's telling you who you really are, right? He's telling you that you're not worthless, that you do measure up, that you are worthy, that I do love you, that I've given you these gifts freely and I gave them to you because I trust you with them because I know that you can fulfill these things but you can't do it on your own. Trust in me. But there's usually two voices, two stances we get. The first one is self-righteousness which is an ego or pride. The other is self-degrading which is a slave driver. It's that, that being hard on yourself, And so we have these two sides of this equation. So what is the self-righteous voice? This voice tells us that we're so great. Have you met these people before? (laughs) Man, I am so great. I've got it all together. Man, I tell you, I don't know if I was any better, I would be God himself right now. But the self-righteous, they they think they have it all good and have it all together. But but here's the thing. This voice often tells us that we are elevated in status by putting others down. And so when we see someone else, we're like, oh, look at them. Yeah, they're not doing as good as I am. And so we put others down. In fact, what we do is it's called self-righteousness at the expense of others just find one thing to be critical about them for, to elevate me ever so slightly a little bit higher. If I can just point my finger at someone else, I don't have to deal with my own stuff in life. And so that first voice, it convinces us that we're okay because those people aren't as good as we are. They're not performing as well as we are. Whether it's in society or religion or whatever it is, we try to convince ourselves we're okay. It's ego. It's pride. Some people deal with this. But I think the majority of us deal with this self-degrading, slave-driving, being hard-on-yourself attitude. What is that? You're not good enough. When you feel someone say, you know, I see this gift in your life. You're like, wow, you know, you ever had that happen maybe at, at church or you're having coffee with someone, and then you walk away and you go, no, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. How about this? I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Well, remember, gifts are given freely. You don't have to deserve a gift to get it. That's why I think it's goofy that at Christmas time we tell them, if you're naughty, you won't get a gift. Okay, well, then you should call a reward. Wouldn't it be funny if your kids told you that? If if you're being naughty right now, if you're not nice to your brother, you won't get a gift. And they said, oh, you mean I won't get a reward? (laughs) Because gifts are free. You're like, man, teach us grace to your kids, and they just bring it to you, right? But gifts are given freely. Right? So it's, there's nothing you can do to earn that gift, but we tell ourselves as inner voice, you're not good enough. You don't deserve it. It will always be a, you just need to do more voice. How many have heard that voice? You need to do more. Earn it. Prove it. Every time that you get this idea in your head, you need to say, uh-uh, because gifts are given freely. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to earn it. I have to just receive it and step into it. Because gifts are given freely. And who gives us the gifts? God. They're all God-given. So, so even the abilities are given by him. And the ability to do it, we can do all things through who? Christ who strengthens us. So even he gives us the ability, to strength, and the power to do it. Isn't that beautiful? It's like he says, listen, I'm giving you the gifts, but then I'm going to give you the strength to do it. Because we're in this together. Let me live my life through you and you'll be able to change others' lives, those around you. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove it because it's all a gift. The very essence of a gift or gifts is that they are given freely. You don't earn it. You don't pay for it. You don't have to prove yourself to get it. It's already given. You know, I was thinking about what the psalmist said. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you heard this scripture? Fearfully and wonderfully made. And as I was in prayer this morning, I was thinking about this scripture and I went, wow, God, this, wait a minute, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Now that, that word fear in the Bible means reverence and awe, okay? Now think about this. When God created you, he did it with reverence and awe and wonder. Think about this. When he created you, Gene, not Eugene, Eugene. and Eugene, if there's a Eugene here this morning, Abby, when he created you, Peter, all of us, when he created us, he was in awe and reverence and wonder. The God of the universe. This blew my mind. I don't know if this is blowing your mind. I don't know if all our minds are blown. But when you think about God, when he created you, he did it with such a delicate touch, with reverence and awe and wonder. And he says, I'm creating you special. And your gifts are going to reach this world. It's going to benefit others. See, a lot of us can't see that. Because we're like, I don't see no gift. But here he is. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God was in awe and wonder when he was creating you. Do you see that? This is so beautiful to me. And when you think of things like this, it, it almost makes you put your head up high and go, Wow. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. He created me with awe and wonder in the gifts that I have. Wow. He gave them to me freely. And then he even gives me the ability and the strength to walk them out in my life. Why? To benefit others. Imagine a world. I say that line all the time. Imagine a world where we literally believe this. We literally walk this out. Imagine a world where every person's motivation was to benefit others. I know it seems like utopia, right? But it exists. It's called the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus displayed when he was on this earth. Restoration, wholeness, healing, acceptance, deliverance. The church needs to awaken to the kingdom. Sometimes we preach another gospel. It's, it's a man-made gospel. It's man-made religion of God's angry, and you better watch out. Instead of the kingdom, what is the kingdom? It's righteousness. What is that? A big religious-sounding word for right standing, right relationship. God starts right out the bat saying, the kingdom's about right relationship. We're good. No issues between us. Righteousness, right standing, peace, and joy. And that's what we should be living out. That's part of the gifts that we have. So consider again putting yourself in a position that isn't what you think is your strength and watch your other gifts bloom and bless others. Amen? This is why every person is gifted to serve. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, we are God's workmanship. I love that. We're his handiwork. We're his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Every person was created to do good works. When we're not doing good works, we haven't awakened yet to who we truly are. Because when you do, when you awaken to that relationship, that love relationship, that grace, that power and that strength and that ability that he's given you, all of a sudden those good works start to flow. And guess what? The good works are gifts. And it says, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God already worked it all out. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, the psalmist says, I love the psalms. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he had a plan, he had a purpose, he put desires, he put good works, gifts, the fruit, and he said, man, I can't wait. I'm in wonder and awe right now. This is so amazing. This human being is gonna change the literal world that surrounds them with their gifts. But again, a lot of us don't see it. You've been created for good works. It's part of who you are. And then we come full circle to 1 Peter 4.10. Let's read it again. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm here to help. Look at the person on the other side and say, I'm here for you. Say it with meaning. You're like, if I say that, they might want literal help. But maybe that's that opportunity to step out of that comfort zone and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. I don't see this gift in my life, but I trust you. And you've already prepared those good works in advance so that I should walk in them. Why? Because we're gifted for the benefit of others. True fulfillment comes when you're using your gifts to serve and help others. Isn't that beautiful? Every person's gifts are needed. Let me say this. Every person is important. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace towards us, that unmerited favor, that, that empowerment for us to do life together. Empowerment to utilize the gifts that you've given to us freely those special abilities that will change the world around us this isn't just some cliche sunday morning thing that we say you can change the world we literally can change the world one person at a time who are the people in our sphere of influence that simply need love in their life they need someone to be there when no one else is They need someone who will extend grace to them even when they're ungracious. Love to them even when they're unlovely. We thank you, Jesus, for the example that you gave us as you walked this earth. And we thank you now that Christ in us, the hope of glory now, we have Christ in us, living through us. And so we can do the very things that Jesus did, healing, restoration, deliverance, loving, accepting people when everyone else rejects them. And Jesus, you said some powerful words. You said the kingdom is at hand. In fact, you said the kingdom is in you. We're not waiting on a kingdom. It's already in us. So I pray this morning that as we heard this, that some of us would awaken to those special abilities and those giftings that you've given to us. That we would say, you know what? I trust you. Heavenly Father, I trust you because I don't see that in my life right now, but I trust you that you give me special abilities. You've given me giftings. And my true desire is to help others. We thank you for that, Lord. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus, it's real simple. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. When we believe on him, it gives us eternal life. Eternal life is beautiful. Eternal life isn't just waiting till I die one day. It's full life here and now. Fully manifested. It's Him manifesting in our lives. If you're here this morning and say, you know what, I would love to... To change my way of thinking, my way of doing. This this idea of kingdom uh, of peace and of joy and of right relationship sounds so good to me. It's real simple. It's just saying, I believe. So if you're here this morning and you'd say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, just quickly raise your hand with every head bowed and every eye closed. When we you raise our hand, it's just an outward expression of what's happening in an inside, in our soul, and we're saying yes to Jesus. I thank you for every person here this morning, Heavenly Father, that has said yes to the kingdom way today in the past that we again would reawaken to who we truly are in Christ and we would choose to walk that way as his followers. We thank you for these things in Jesus name and everyone said amen. For more information about Faith City Church please go to faithcity.tv. As always